The most efficient organizations run smoothly because of intentionality. At some point, the executive team created systems to streamline the workflow, keeping individuals accountable and reducing confusion when problems arise. No organization accidentally became efficient. Let me repeat, no organization accidentally became efficient. Systems also work as culture guards, protecting the vision that we work so hard to create. On this episode, we're sitting down with the CEO of a CPA firm who, in the height of tax season, heavily relies upon systems to safeguard their team from unnecessary frustrations. Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, joined by one of our Kelly Economics professors, Kyle Anderson, who is no stranger to the show. Kyle has been featured on this podcast a number of times now, and most recently, giving his economic projections for 2019, by the way, that episode is our second most downloaded episode of all time. So thank you all for your support and making this possible. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the Kelly family. The ROI podcast exists to help organizations make better business decisions. We do this by sitting down with prominent thought leaders, high-level business executives, and well-respected government officials who share their wisdom for success. Our hope is you walk away with practical tips you can apply to your leadership or organization instantly. And if you're struggling with an organizational decision, if you have some feedback for our show, which we would love to hear, or you know of an individual who just make a great guest, shoot us an email to ROIPod, that's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I Okay, so on today's show, we're talking systems and creating systems inside an organization. They are key components if you want to both scale and reduce friction within your team. This week, we sat down with the CEO of ACT Services, Tina Mo, who without proper systems in place would drown in tax paperwork. She's sharing how having the right systems inside your organization makes for a better overall business. Systems help build an organization that can run autonomously from the owner, and it should be able to run autonomously from the owner. I think it allows you to scale and grow, of course, Um, you know, improves accuracy, improves the client experience. And, you know, it just, I think it really reduces anxiety, you know, as a, as a business owner, if you've got a clear defined process. Our job as a manager and a leader is to raise up new leaders with the goal that we are always replacing ourselves. One fundamental leadership principle is individuals inside an organization will only be as good as the highest leaders. That's the growth ceiling. So it's on us as as the manager, as the leader, to train new individuals and pass off responsibility so that we can look ahead and grow ourselves. And one of the best ways to ensure successful training is by creating systems. And you make great points, Kyle. And it's important to understand why systems are so important to an organization. One key point to understand is that systems protect your organization from those frustrating clients, the ones that are draining time and resources for very little return. And that saves you both time and lost money. 
I think when you sit down and look at your open receivables of money that people owe you and the aging of it, that's a start. (laughs) You know, you look at all this money that, you know, you've earned, but people are not able or willing to pay you for, and you start realizing, I've got to do something different here. You know, I'm making invoices, not money, and I can't pay the bills on that. My firm manager and I, every other week, will take our, remove ourselves from the office, and we'll go sit in our Carmel office and have a strategic session for about four hours. And in one of those sessions, I said, I asked the question, what are our friction points? What are the rubs here that really make life difficult? And what can we do to resolve those? And, you know, we realized that it was, you know, stemming from working with the wrong client Um, not recognizing revenue for our time in a timely basis and then chasing our money. Well, that all starts with working with the right kind of client. So we hired a marketing company to really kind of go through an identity (laughs) crisis. And we had to figure out who we were, who we wanted to serve, and how we were going to go about that. Well, when we do work for a client, we do things 110%. And what I found is that there are certain clients at certain, you know, chapters in their lives that they uh, either don't understand the value of what we bring to the table or are not willing to or able to afford our fees for that level of service. And I just clearly define that with a new prospect, um, how we work with our clients, you know, what services we offer. Um, And I'm clear about what our fee structure looks like. So oftentimes a client can basically arrive at the conclusion themselves that they're not a fit. We all have difficult clients, employees, and colleagues who can drain our time. Tina makes a great point. Her wake-up call here came through a pile of open receivables, clients who still owed her money for her company's service. Nothing is more important to a small business than collecting receivables, so she had to find the right employees and the right systems to fix this. Another great thing about systems is systems keep team confusion down to a minimum. There's only one owner here, and I think there's a benefit to that in that, you know, sometimes some of my colleagues who have multiple partners, they like things done a little differently, and I think that creates some frustration and some confusion for staff. We don't have that here. We I have a small staff. There's just 13 of us. So when we sit down and conceptualize a process, we often do it together or in teams and roll that out and and clearly define them. So they're the ones that are actually working in these processes. Um, So together we just conceptualize it until we feel like it's it's right. And then we revisit it often. Um, Once a year, we take everyone off site for an all day long training retreat as a team. And we cross train one another. So everyone here is responsible for training the staff on whatever area sort of they oversee or that they excel in. How many times have we had individuals ask us the same questions over and over? Or it seems like we feel like we're communicating with our team in a clear and concise way, yet we're spending most of our time clarifying our vision. Having the systems that Tina talks about keep us, the leaders, in check to make sure we deliver our vision in a way that makes the most sense for our team. And another reason why organizations need proper systems in place is these systems even free your time, the most valuable resource as a leader, so you can focus on growing your organization. It definitely has alleviated um, some of my time from 
being in the trenches and day-to-day operations and allows me to be more strategic with the company. Um, it, it's been it's been a game changer, actually. I don't, um, you know, I removed myself from productivity years ago just simply so I could work on strategies for the company and really kind of identify, you know, where we needed work. I'm constantly scanning every facet of the business and asking myself and my manager, what are we doing that works? What are we doing that doesn't work? We're asking the staff the same questions and and then setting about creating a plan to to resolve those those friction points in our practice. But it's, you know, the systems have allowed Yes, our staff to to um, work more autonomously from oversight. I mean, there's still oversight, but um, and so it does allow my manager and I to be strategic. So one thing we hear about systems is that it can really create a lot of time for leaders to look outside of the organization or be more strategic. And what could be more important to a manager than extra time as being the most valuable resource we can possibly have? So one thing you want to look at is how do we map out the systems? What process do you go through to explicitly take the things that you do within an organization and think strategically about how you do them? A lot of time you may have processes in place, but you don't know what they are. You never kind of sit down and think about those examples. And I think that's a great place to start. And I want to kind of get into how do we start creating systems if we're a brand new company that don't exist, or how do we look at systems that have may have been there, but they're just not efficient? So let's answer that question, how to create systems inside your organization. The first thing, it starts with identifying the pain points inside your company. Ask yourself and even ask your team, where are the bottlenecks in trying to get a process from point A to point B? What confusion exists in how we get our jobs done? As a manager, when you're speaking and trying to cast vision, are there areas where people are lost or confused? All the services that we offer are mapped out and flow charted so that our staff knows where things go, kind of borrowing from lean manufacturing. Um, I think creating efficiencies and consistency reduces the error rate and the stress of the staff because they're not trying to conceptualize a process as they go. Another way of building systems into your organization is to try to design the ideal. Think about what would happen if everything were working perfectly, if all the paperwork flowed smoothly and without any problems. What would that process look like? Map that out but also map out how you're currently doing it. And they're probably not the same. And there are probably a lot of ways that your systems can be improved. Remember, employees aren't inspired to get up in the morning and come to work because of efficiency, right? So it's not enough just to say, we're gonna make our organization more efficient. What you have to show is how this can make your employees' jobs easier or contributes to the mission of the organization. And then you'll really get employees to buy into the system change. So once we recognize where systems need to exist inside our organization through asking some of these questions, 
The next step is to create step-by-step procedures that bring solutions to our organizational pitfalls. Well, for instance, you saw I've got an entire wall back here in my office with post-it notes and ribbon. It's not pretty, but it's effective. But we literally sat together as a team. We pulled up chairs and sat in front of it while we slapped post-it notes on the wall and walked through each step. And and, and, And our process, for instance, for tax return preparation touches four and five people because we have two quality assurance steps in everything we do. And so we just together mapped it out and talked it out. And, you know, you have to do it that way because someone on the front end may not understand all the steps that someone on the back end is putting that through. So you have to do it as a team. To give an example of this, at the Kelly School of Business, our evening MBA program, we're looking at the entire admissions process from a system point of view and thinking about from that very first contact all the way through admissions, induction, orientation, every step in that process, how can we map that out, make it more efficient, happen more quickly with less resources, but also create a better experience for the incoming students. Every question we should ask is, how can we change the system to positively impact our employees help them to get the job done better and positively impact our customers. And if you go with those two goals in mind, you're likely to be successful. And so now once we have identified some bottlenecks and we worked with our team to create some step-by-step measures to help enforce some systems, here's where things get really tough. Now it's up to us to actually follow those systems the way we designed them. We have implemented several um I guess safety nets. We every tax return that comes in our front door is is what we call routed into one of our tax professionals along with a checklist. That professional has to go through that checklist to make sure that they've put that tax return through all of the considerations that they need to. You know, when you've got a tax professional that that is working 50 and 55 hours a week and they're doing dozens of returns a week, you know, they get tired. So you need something for them to fall back on to make sure that they're considering all the things that they should be. Um, In addition to that, We have two quality assurance steps in everything we do. When a preparer completes a return, it goes to one of two people who are CPAs that look at those returns to make sure they're applying the tax law appropriately. Once that's completed, it goes to another group who then looks at every single source document that we've been provided, makes sure that names are spelled correctly, addresses are correct, you know, all those things, all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted. So having those things in place have really increased our level of accuracy and I sleep better at night. As a boss or a leader, we're now charged to defend these systems we put in place. If we don't lead by example, we cannot expect our teams to follow. Remember, systems are not meant to bog people down. If done correctly, they act as safeguards, confusion blockers, and keep our organization marching in the same direction. Finally, once we start setting the example as a leader of how to follow these systems, we simply repeat these steps so that we can constantly improve our practice. Because it's important to note here that these systems may not work right away, and that's okay. We just keep repeating the process, find the bottlenecks, find the confusion, create new step-by-step measures with our teams, and then keep the process going. Implement them and keep trying. Every leader has an obligation to become a lifelong learner. So please, if you're interested in these topics, pursue more and learn about it, it can have a great impact on your organization. 
If you're interested in learning more about creating systems and creating change within your organization, I recommend a couple books. One of my favorite books is Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. It's a great book on how to create change in your own life, within your organization, or within the broader culture. Another great read is The Checklist Manifesto, How to Get Things Right by Atula Gawande. So let's recap. Systems are vital to our organization's efficiency. They protect our organization from working with clients who do not fit our mission. They work to keep internal confusion down to a minimum. And most importantly, they protect our valuable time so we can continue to cast vision for our company's future. So how do we create these systems that work? First, we must find our internal pain points. Where is the confusion? Where do the bottlenecks exist within our current workflows? These become the bedrock for creating systems that actually work. During this time, have intentional meetings with employees inside the organization. They will give you areas of improvement because they're the ones working the day-to-day -day operations of our organization. Once we have some pain points, work with the leadership team to create practical steps everyone can follow. Whether that's a flowchart on post-it notes or finding sophisticated software, seek something that makes sense for you and your team. Remember, our goal is to reduce the headaches, not create more. Next, this is where things get tough because it's up to us and our leadership team to actually follow these new protocols we're implementing. We have to set the example. It will not be perfect, and there will be some that are great in theory, but terrible in practice. Trust me, and that's okay. Because the last step is just to repeat the process. Constantly evaluate what's working and what's not with everyone inside your organization. Remember, the goal of systems are to create less friction, open our time as a leader, and offer clear direction for our team to operate at maximum efficiency. This has been another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, joined by Kelly Economics Professor Kyle Anderson. Our goal as a show is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.